With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Truly outrageous, egregious, and offensive. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. You know, I, I know this football team. I like this team, the way they work. You know, they got a bunch of good guys. You know, win or lose today, um, I think I think I know who, who this football team is. Um, they're going to give it their all every single time. They're going to fight and battle and um for the most part, we're going to play smart. We did some dumb things today, but for the most part, we're going to play smart. We're going to play tough football, and, um, you know, we take care of the ball usually and, you know, <laughs> play the game the right way, I think. Uh, Mr. Sunshine tweets in. I feel I feel kind of bad because right, I'm just going to read this tweet. Uh, you guys are a bummer today. Always saying Minnesota can't have anything nice, and when Case had a great day, you say pump the brakes and trash him and laugh at anything nice said about him. That's a, an amazing over-exaggeration of what's happening here. He continues. Like spot on. Okay. Are you are you seriously going to spend four hours telling us we're <laughs> idiots if we're getting excited for Case Keenum? It's sports, guys. It's Minnesota. Let us buy in and have some fun. Um, yeah, I don't I don't want to be the guy. Like buy in. I'm buying in. Hell, I well, think this team can win the Super Bowl. I think it's just interesting. And this is the jumping off point here. It's interesting that the head coach has been given the last three weeks to flat out say publicly. Hey, I fully endorse Case Keenum. He's amazing. He's my starting quarterback. And, uh, you know, instead, Mike Zimmer says things like this. Are there times where Case does throw the pass like he did and you go, oh, boy, is that going to work? And, and then it seems to well, work. Well, I don't really say is that going to work, but sim- well, it's similar. launched it down, you know, you yeah, set yourself uh, for a second, that could be a pick. So. Yeah, I'm thinking a lot of things at that point. But he's got a horseshoe right now. <laughs> like, and, like that's the way the head coach is but, characterizing it. But that that's why this discussion is intriguing to me. This isn't this isn't a quarterback controversy. This isn't uh, oh you, oh my gosh you've got to lift this guy because he's not good. This is a guy who's 29 in what his sixth year or so, sitting on a career year, and he came in for Bradford and and he has given you ten times what the team or the fan base could have expected. But what makes this conversation interesting to me on a weekly basis is the fact that you know the team has another guy that that they would like to see. And listen, here's the the one thing, too, about this. There is one guy in this business, Jay Glazer, 
Jay Glazer works out with players. Jay Glazer is Jay Glazer works for Fox, but he is friends. He is not like a a news breaking Schefter type, right? Uh, he probably split a protein shake yes. and two straws with Case Keenum yesterday. I yeah. saw I saw a story last week giving Glazer credit for some team's success on like their defensive line. I mean, this guy is friends with people. Jay Glazer has now come out for twice in about the last five days and said. Mike Zimmer is itching to make this change. I want to explain why. That's what's so I, interesting I, about this, though. That's I, what people got to get. I am not Jay Glazer, nor have I uh, shared a protein shake with Mike Zimmer uh, and two straws. Start to lift some more. Uh, well, I would, I would love you to do some lifting strong. with with Mike Zimmer or Jay Glazer, but I just want I want to explain why Mike Zimmer hasn't named Case Keenum as the from this point forward starter. Mm-hmm. Why it's a week to week thing and. The minute Case Keenum throws two picks in the first half, like Teddy Bridgewater's coming in the game. That's what's going to happen because Mike Zimmer is Mike Zimmer is giving you all the clues without without saying it directly. Zimmer is thinking about ceiling here. This is a Super Bowl window. This is a chance to win the first Super Bowl in franchise history. And he's thinking about how to improve his team's already very good chances to get to and maybe win the Super Bowl. And so if you think Teddy Bridgewater has a higher ceiling than Case Keenum, and Mike Zimmer does. We can agree on that, right? Mike Zimmer thinks Teddy Bridgewater has a higher yeah, ceiling that, that's his than Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. I do, too, long-term. I think he has a higher ceiling long-term mm-hmm. than Case Keenum. You have to put him in the game. If, if your thought is Teddy Bridgewater gives us a better chance to win big whenever he can reach his ceiling mm-hmm. than Case Keenum does, you have a very limited window to put him in a game to try and knock off the rust, and it might take multiple games to knock off the rust to get to the ceiling. And so if you let's say you put him in hypothetically against the Lions, and he looks terrible because he hasn't played in, in two years. The hope is, if you're putting yourself in Zimmer's mind, he knocks off the rust, and then in like three, four, five games, he's ready to reach his ceiling by the time late December and January rolls around. Mm-hmm. Of course, the longer you go the less likely it is that Bridgewater is going to be able to play enough to knock off the rust to reach the ceiling, in which case the Vikings should just stick with the guy who's not crashing the car. So there's a lot of things to debate within the the, you know, the explanation I just gave. One debate is, who do you think is better? Teddy Bridgewater at his best or Case Keenum at his best? That's a debate. Mm-hmm. That's a debate I'm sure that's going on at Winter Park with Rick Spielman and with Mike Zimmer and Pat Shermer. Um, but it would seem that the majority of, if not all of the decision makers inside Winter Park think that Bridgewater gives you a better chance if he's playing at his best. Can you get him playing at his best having not seen a regular season field in almost two years? I'm skeptical of that the longer we get into this thing, Thanksgiving, December, and then eventually January. And I thought, That's what this is about. And I thought the same thing that you just said until the last couple of days when it has occurred to me. That the starting point is this. The caller's right. Bridgewater's made some dumb plays. The pass in Lambeau where he shuffled the ball to his left hand and tried to throw it was stupid. He also had horrible offensive line play, too. But but I guarantee you, here's the difference. Mike Zimmer told him, if you ever do that again, you are in huge trouble. And he looked at Teddy, and and Teddy says, okay, all right. Mike Zimmer's starting point of wanting to make this change, I'm telling you, is simpler than trying to score more points. It's simpler than the ceiling is something that you would like to explore not only for for this year, but more importantly going into 2018. But what he wants right now is he wants the quarterback that he can trust the most. He wants the quarterback. His entire, Mike Zimmer's entire football existence is built around one thing, defense. 
It's built around the fact that he knows without a shadow of a doubt that if you put if you put all 32 coaches in one room and say, scheme this up, Mike Zimmer is confident, right or wrong, that he has the best defensive philosophy and ultimately can beat you. But what he can't do is he can't beat you if you're giving up points, especially points on offense. So what he is saying, I think, right now, without coming out and completely explaining himself, is... I want a quarterback who I can trust not to make the throws that Case is making. And the two throws in Washington and the throw that that got caught on Sunday are throws that scare him because he knows he can't control that. And he could tell Case all he wants. Case, I don't want to see those throws. And he knows that once or twice a game, Case is going to escape the pocket, about to be sacked, and he's going to think he sees a guy downfield and throw the ball. And maybe four times out of ten, that pass is completed. And the rest of the time until time 10, it falls incomplete and and it's fine. But on the 10th time, it's picked off. So I don't think this has nearly as much to do with exploring the space of how great can can Teddy be this year as it does with, I know what Teddy's going to do. I don't know what Case is going to do. And if that sabotages my defense, I would rather go with Teddy. So I mean I I think we're splitting think hairs because part of part of a quarterback's upside is not throwing devastatingly sure. bad passes that's that can what scares him. that can end your game. So uh 651-646-8255 Johnny you're on with Mackie and Judd. You know it pains me but I agree with you Phil. Um here's the issue. You remember everybody said Alex Smith is, you know, when I pull Alex Smith for an untried quarterback. Well, it's turned out pretty good. Um, so your take on, you know, the risks and rewards of Teddy Bridgewater and putting him in the game, I, I think that, you know, uh, I think it's a good one. And I think they should probably do it sooner rather than later because you'll still have that guy in your back pocket. Yeah. That's the thing, Johnny, like you could, if you wanted to, and I don't think he's going to do this because as much as coaches want to say that they block out public pressure and they block out, you know, the the noise from the media and the fans. Yeah. Mike Zimmer knows that if he did what he really wants to do, which is I want to see what Bridgewater looks like and I want to do it soon. So I'm going to start him against Detroit mm-hmm. or against Atlanta 10 days after the Detroit game. He would get crucified by fans and media because Case Keenum hasn't done anything to lose the job. And so it's one of the rare cases where, or maybe it happens more often than I'm giving credit to, where like a coach is actually listening to the outside pressure more than his own internal instinct. He wants to put Bridgewater in a game for all the reasons I just laid out. He wants to see if there's an upgrade there, and if there is, but then again, he wants to see if there's rust to be knocked off for multiple win- weeks. If you're winning games, you can't make that change, and he knows that. They they know know that. But they like are you waiting. just did what. But you just did what. But that's not that might not be sound decision making. If there's an upgrade to be made, you can't no, but, then say, "Well, you can't make the change." But, but what if no, the change is no, an upgrade? No, no, no. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, replace hot hand with what's clicking. You can't in sports. You don't go away from what is working in a situation like the this. The Warriors fired. Mark You've Jackson. won six consecutive games. But what I'm saying is, in this case, everything is working. So you're really going to change it now? He can't. Yeah, it was working and for it's them, not too. They won to, no, 51 games. No there's, no, there's no way on God's green earth that if this team is winning games and Keenum is playing well, which he's doing right now, there is no way that he can take him out. He can't do it. It's not hot hand. It's what's what working. What do you mean, like, he can't physically take him out? What do you mean by can't do it? 
He's not going to do it. He's not going to replace him. The team has won six consecutive games, and Keenum Keenum has not lost the, the job. Keenum is not going to be replaced until he really struggles badly. And when and when he does, I'm not saying that Zimmer doesn't want to make the move. I'm saying he knows that he can't. All right, then I'm going to raise my hand. I'll be the I'll be the first guy, I guess, to go on the record in town and say this. I will not criticize Mike Zimmer if he starts Teddy Bridgewater against the Lions on Thursday. I will not criticize him if he wants to see if there's a better level of quarterback play that he could ride right. out through the rest of the season. I will not criticize here's, him. I also won't criticize him issue. if he thinks there's just too much rust to be knocked off. The issue is this. Right now, the process of what they're doing is working. You're not going to mess with that process right now. You're not going to mess with that unless Keenum struggles. They, ha- they had Teddy up warming up in Washington after two bad picks. All right? So I'm not... I'm not trying to imply that if Case starts to struggle, he won't be taken out. He will be, for sure. What I'm saying is that with the performance that we saw on Sunday, performances like that, to him, the process is working to a point where you can't make that change. And, and, and I think that's I, what I mean I by take issue with like, I, I take issue with the ING on working. It's working in that they're eight and two. Mm-hmm. But if a coach, based on all the information he has behind the scenes, if a coach knows in his heart, that yeah, this thing looks really good right now. It's eight and two, but there's another level here that could give us an extra ten percent chance to win the Super Bowl. And he's privy to I, information behind the scenes at practice that yes. we aren't. I get what you're I saying. I will not criticize him for making that move because I. And now there's other instances where like the the Bills go to Nathan Peterman, and you're thinking, okay, right, Nate, Nathan that's Peterman. Just, that's just stupidity. He wasn't a first round pick and highly touted out of college. And that's all stupidity. Those that's not. I mean, there's there's nothing behind. That's old school Vikings. Who should we start? That's you're stuck. Then this is a very nuanced, interesting situation. That, as I said and continue to say, this is not a controversy. This is a choice. Mike Zimmer's choice is clear. But when you are when you're playing like this team is and things are working together. It makes it very difficult to say I'm going to flip the most important position, arguably, in all the sports because I think this. For the record, the worst thing that could happen if you did this, and this is why I'm not going to criticize him, if you were to put Bridgewater in just to see, just to see, and he was a disaster in the first half because two years of rust and, yep, okay, that's going to take a lot more time to iron out. We're going to need to see you in some preseason games again here. Let's just let's uh, let's put you back in, in the cupboard. You could just go back to Case Keenum in the second half. You could. And I don't think he's going to lose his entire rhythm because he sat for the first hour and a half of a football I'm game. Ju- I'm you just could pretty you. easily do it. We're building this thing up as if, oh my God, if you make if you make the no, wrong and decision. I'm, and I'm not. I'm not. What I'm saying is I get why they don't make the move because you are not, in sports, you're not going to go away from, in a situation like this, something that's working this well. You're just not going to go away from it yet. Yeah, we disagree on that. Let's All right, let's come back and talk more about uh, this Vikings defense, which has them, that's the number one reason why they're in this position to uh, to be Super Bowl contenders, eight and two, two games up in the division. Mackie and Judd. Now the teams line up for the kickoff. Referee blows his whistle. Mackie and Judd now continue. And the game is on. On 1500 ESPN. Keenum did a nice job with his feet uh, and, and his arm. Um, you know, but the offensive line, you know, thank thank goodness it's uh, been the strength of our football team uh, this year. And, uh, you know, I just like their, their toughness and their mentality and the way their grit, the way they go about their business. Did you see the, uh, the classic Zim moment yesterday? First quarter, I believe. The Rams are pinned deep in, in their own zone, and they have to punt 
from the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. And so the punter ta- takes the ball, he punts, and it looks for a second like he his foot m- might have gone out of bounds. And Z- Zim pulled a ticey. So the crowd goes nuts because they showed the replay once, and it looks like the foot might be. You're not quite sure. Okay, what angle did they show? Because on TV, they, they didn't show. They, they showed, showed like it from, eight angles, and none of them looked at all like he okay, stepped out. Okay, I think they showed it from behind a little bit. I mean, ultimately, he didn't. But the one that they showed looks like he might have. More importantly, the crowd goes crazy, right? He's out of bounds. Zim, in Ticey-like fashion, looks up at the replay once. The crowd's going crazy. <laughs> takes the flag and throws, throws it. it up, yeah. Like there was no thought given to, I might want to watch this three yeah. times, or I might want to consult with the booth upstairs. You know, it's a chance to I, get two extra points, I swear I guess. to God, he just took the flag, and he went Mike Tyson, he threw if it out If that was the thing. second half, I would have had much much more uh, of an issue with it because it would have been a major waste of a timeout. It First half, funny. whatever. Like You know, you probably don't need those timeouts. It was, uh, it was just funny because he just <laughs> reacted so quickly. He's like, yeah, I think he is yeah. out of bounds. Here's some, I, I want to dish out some praise for uh, for our Vikings organization here because if you look at the defense, for instance, um, it's a lot of just like home run, first round, second round picks, right? It's Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith and Anthony Barr. They've invested first and second round picks across the board to build that defense. Here's a list of the offensive players who are key contributors in 2017 and where they were drafted. Mm-hmm. Case Keenum wasn't drafted. Adam Thielen wasn't drafted. Mm-hmm. Second most receiving yards of any wide receiver in the league. Case Keenum has the best QBR of any quarterback. Not passer rating, but QBR is ESPN's uh, quarterback index of any quarterback in the NFL this year. Which I don't know. That, that he's better than Tom Brady this season. I don't know about that. I don't that, know how but, they do it. So yeah, uh, Stefan Diggs was a fifth rounder. Pat Elfline, third rounder. Jarek McKinnon, third rounder. Mm-hmm. Nick Easton, starting left guard, undrafted. Jeremiah Searles, undrafted. He's your basically your your utility offensive lineman. He's starting at, at guard. He played right tackle yesterday. Uh, Rashad Hill was your starting right tackle yesterday until he got hurt. Undrafted. Got him off Jacksonville's practice squad last year. Yep. And then three guys who you wound up signing as free agents, so you don't get quite as much credit for you know finding these guys. But Joe Berger was a six-round draft pick. Mike Remmers was undrafted. Latavius Murray was a sixth-round draft pick. So that offense has been built. It's ama- your, your starting quarterback and your top offensive weapon were not drafted. That's incredible. And that is why, as, as much as we criticized him last year, Rick Spielman is a leading candidate, in my opinion, for executive of the year. Oh, for sure. When you look at what, when you look at all of the faults that we talked about last year, and this offensive line, you had no depth, you had no plan, you had no backup QB, and when Teddy gets hurt, you, you got to go trade a uh, first-round pick for Bradford. Your running back uh, situation doesn't make sense by last year. When you think about all of the things that we blame Spielman for last year, I think he fixed every one of them. He fixed every one to the point where where he got a steal and a smart tr- draft pick on Dalvin Cook in the second round, and Dalvin Cook looked like a Pro Bowl, unbelievable player, gets hurt four games in, and guess what? You replace him. You replace him with two guys who have played really well. Um, everything that we went into this year saying Rick Spielman should be potentially in trouble for, his job could be in jeopardy, he fixed, I think, almost everything. Yeah, it's uh, he did, and and some of these guys on offense, you know, some of these are, are scrap heap players like Rashad Hill, practice squad, uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Pat Elfline was definitely one of the more highly touted offensive linemen 
coming into the draft. And for a franchise center to slip into the third round like that, you know, credit to the Vikings for pouncing on him and selecting him. But I just think it's interesting how many, sometimes the draft can be an absolute crapshoot. You know, mm-hmm. you invested a first round pick in Laquan Treadwell, who was an absolute disaster to this point in his career. And yesterday he's out there it's just, just not, it's not he's, working. It's a holding penalty. It's he catches working. a pass over the middle and he can't outrun a defender to get even five yards. Mm-hmm. It's not working. And then Adam Thielen has to show up basically to the, the, the NFL equivalent of a walk-on tryout mm-hmm. and uh, and just prove that he's worthy of being on your off-season camp roster. I mean, Adam Thielen went to a tryout, right? And then they signed him to the off-season that camp April roster. Tryout. Yes. Yep. And and, and it, just because you're one of the 90 guys on the offseason roster doesn't mean that there's anything. They do that. He he was in that camp because because um, right after the draft they bring in all of their guys that they took and Marcus they, and they was, bring was, exactly, but they bring in guys that they like and then they bring in another batch of guys who basically fill out the roster to practice with. And that was him. Yes, he was he was essentially given a tryout in quotes to fill out. The, the rookie camp roster. Yeah, so they need, uh, and then when they get to training camp, you know, 53 guys make the the final roster. 90 guys are welcome to training camp. So they really just need 40 bodies to help with reps and to play in the second half of preseason games. So even if you get to the the 90-man offseason roster, the training camp roster, there's, of the, of the almost 40 guys who are going to get cut, there's about 20 who have zero chance. Like from the get-go, they're just bodies and they're going to bounce around for, you know, one or two camps and that's it. And he was in that category. And the Vikings didn't even have a good wide receiver core and he was in that category. Yes. And now he's one of the five best wide receivers in the NFL. It's incredible. He stuck because the the majority of their guys stunk. Mhm. He if if the Vikings had had competence at four positions back then, he's gone. Yeah. There is no question he's gone. So as we wake up today on the defensive side, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were great defensively again yesterday, they lead the NFL in yards per play allowed. The Vikings, though, in the NFC, the best defense in the NFC, according to a yards per play allowed, four and a half yards per play. The Eagles are second in the NFC at five. So uh, the Vikings have a, a fairly comfortable lead in the yards per play category. But, um, yeah, this is – we're talking about – the type of defense that can win a Super Bowl yep. with very average to below average quarterback play. Like, if you're going to hold the Rams yeah, your quarterback, to seven points in a game, you, you don't need a lot to get to 10 to beat them. Your quarterback, for a team like this to, to make a deep playoff run, your quarterback can't sabotage you. That's the most important thing. If If your quarterback makes a stupid mistake or two, that can end your year. But if he doesn't, and the thing, too, is this. The more I watch that this guy, it's incredible. Harrison Smith. If you watch him live, the amount of the amount of things he does and his ability and his speed and, and the way he covers ground, Harrison Smith is an incredible player to watch. And, and that was a draft pick that Spielman actually, the year they took him, it was getting to the end of the first round. The Vikings, I think, had had their pick. They made some trade with Baltimore to get back into the end and took him. That is one of the absolute most savvy, smart picks that they have made, and this guy is incredible. Yep. So uh, Vikings sitting pretty good. Just a quick little email anecdote. We're getting a ton of emails and tweets on this Case-Teddy conversation. Uh, Dan emails in, does Teddy look like Joe Montana against air in practice or something? This would be a Vikings 
conversation. It's as though we think we're the Patriots and contend for Super Bowls every year. Of course, we should put in our previously only slightly above average starting quarterback who's never won a playoff game. I would say, like, for everyone who's emailing us angry that we would be broaching this conversation, you're also disagreeing with Mike Zimmer. Yes, you are. So if you trust Mike Zimmer in everything he's doing to this point in his four years as Vikings coach or whatever, Mm -hmm. three or four four years, Mm -hmm. um, Mike Zimmer believes Bridgewater is better than Keenum and wants Teddy Bridgewater to play. So when you email us or tweet us, just know that like you might as well also be emailing Mike Zimmer or tweeting Mike Zimmer if he had Twitter Absolutely, and saying you yeah. disagree with him, yeah. that you agree with everything else he's doing except for that. That, that That's where you're going to draw the line. You don't trust him there. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind as we have this conversation. Dave, what kind of stuff do you have for us next? Well, you can count me in the camp of the emailers, first of all, to bring that up. Uh, secondly, among stuff, we'll have a great SNL bit that Judd will love immensely. A little Tony Romo breakdown from yesterday. And uh, the Wolves played yesterday, too. We'll uh, break down on that disappointment. Yeah, how about that? Mackie and Judd now continue. I think all the pieces are there. On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by Indeed.com. Are you hiring? Join the over 3 million businesses that use Indeed.com for hiring. Post your next job opening on the world's number one job site, Indeed.com. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. That's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. All right, Dave, two days from the turkey pregame show. You got stuff or so am I. Thinking about it all weekend. So was I. That's my free out. I woke up at three in the morning this morning just dreaming of turkey of the year. It was amazing. I am super, super jazzed for this year's pregame show. Peach Bowls. Several SEC championship games, two Super Bowls, three Final Fours, and this is how they treat you. Three, two, two one. one. That was the Georgia Dome, boys. Imploded this morning. It's a nice run. 1993, she was built, right? We're getting we're getting smaller shelf lives. <laughs> Dude, how about that? The it, Rangers are going to move after, like, I think they moved into their current ballpark in 98 or something, and they're about to move out. Uh, how confident are we that the stadiums we're spending a billion dollars on right now are much more than, like, 20-year stadiums with how technology years. evolves US Bank's and infrastructure? I mean, it's two years in, and I'm tired of it. You're ready for a new one? I said, one, let's right? build a new one. Let's build a new Viking but stadium. Like, like, you know, this is being framed U.S. Yeah. Bank Stadium as, oh, you know, 30, 40, you feel 50-year stadium. Mm-hmm. There's no way, right? No. We don't even know what life is going to look like in 20 years. Let's put it this way. A hundred years ago, we couldn't really even fly airplanes, and we mostly, like, rode horses around and had candles lighting our night. <laughs> and, not, and now we have devices that we pretty much, like, we can be connected with anyone in the world. Mm-hmm. Um where we've gone in 100 years is pretty amazing, and so to think that stadiums are still going to be relevant in 20 years, I think, is a stretch. At least they were confident in the explosives, because uh, George Dome and the new place, Mercedes-Benz, literally right next to each other. One wall had gone the wrong way, I mean, but it looked like no damage, just a lot of dirt, a lot of dust. Woo!
Let's talk about the AFC playoff picture. Speaking of dirt and dust and crap, you realize that the 0-10 Browns can still make the playoffs? Wow. 46 <laughs> things will have to happen between now and the end of week 17. But, yes, there is a path for the Browns to make the playoffs. I'm not going to go through all 46 outcomes, by the way. But I am going to quiz you on this. Mm-hmm. If the season ended today, can you name the six teams that would be in the playoffs of the AFC? Don't look at your computer. Don't look at the paper. Can you two do it? Put your heads together. If the season ended out. today. Well, if the well, season ended okay, today. the Patriots are in, the Steelers. Well, let's go uh, division by division. Yeah, Pats. Uh, Steelers. Steelers. Um, in the uh, well, the Chiefs are still leading. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think Kansas City is they're, in the first they're not place doing in the well West. Well. And then uh, the Jaguars mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, it's a. I think ten- is Tennessee successful. is Tennessee still sniffing around? Their, their record actually wasn't that bad. I don't think when I looked last week. I think they're like five they're and doing five or something. order, yeah. So Tennessee. I think it might be Tennessee. Let's as a see. Wild Raiders card. are under five hundred. Yeah. Um, well, the Broncos are way under five hundred. The Chargers under five hundred, so they're all out. Colts, no. Browns, no. Bengals, no. Ravens? Or Ravens are 500, I think. The Dolphins? No. Oh, the Bills. The Bills would still be in, wouldn't they? Oh, Lord help us. I'm going to go. I'm going to say Tennessee and I'll say Buffalo. Ah, you were so close. It is the Ravens that would have the sixth spot. Titans would be five. The Ravens at five and five would be your sixth so, team in right so now. So that Baltimore team that we saw here that struggled to get through the game would be a playoff <laughs> yes. team. Lord it's help It's just us. the type of team and just the type of league to where they would go on to win the Super Bowl too, right? That we'd get like a buzzkill Ravens <laughs> get Super Bowl. we get them here. They got Flacco. He's a playoff performer. <laughs> Uh, Tony Romo was on the uh, call with Jim Nance in uh, Mexico yesterday. Patriots, Raiders, he loves himself some Brady. Watch how good Tom Brady is. This is the difference between him and a lot of quarterbacks. If not, Watch how much communication. Hey, I'm telling you guys, hey, Amendola's like, what am I doing? He's pointing out the protection. Who's blocking your Amendola? What am I doing? Yep, no, 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 let's do this here. Wait, wait, in my pressure. Let's do. Let's go ahead and run the in and out. And then he knows in the back of his head, I'm just going to buy time. Here we go, subtly slide. And I got the in and out that I signaled. There you go, touchdown. Thanks for playing. He's so good. I love Romo. Yeah, he's he's, he's so ex- excitable. He's, he's excitable fantastic. too. And you see what happens when excitable quarterbacks get to the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How oh, the awkward. <laughs> Did you see the promo on Sunday night football for the Thursday night game this week? No. Joe Theismann and Lawrence Taylor together splitting a turkey. Joe Theismann and Lawrence Taylor together again, inviting you to watch the Giants and the Redskins on Thanksgiving night oh God, on NBC. No. Yeah, it's been a while since we've been together, Joe. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> You want to lay? I'm okay. No, thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that worked. Do you want a leg? Yeah, I don't know if that worked completely. <laughs> it was how, awkward. How did it to look? Say the least. It sounds really uncomfortable. What does Lawrence Taylor look like these days? Uh, he doesn't look great. He looks like a guy that's had a lot of cocaine. No, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he looks a whole lot different than he did five, ten years ago. He just looks like an old football player. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. That's a good idea. To the right elbow, fade away, gone by Reggie Jackson. 98 to 95, and the Pistons lead by three. Well, you got to be at your best. Fourth quarter's different, intensity's different. Got to get stops on the other end. Hey, you got you to play for 48 minutes. So we didn't play our best in the fourth. Fourth quarter is different. Yeah, so I watched that real whole short, thing huh? Post game, angry Tibbs. A little brief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of. <sighs> A lot of heavy breathing. Yeah. I worry about tips sometimes. Sometimes? Mm, yeah. 
Not constantly. It's just a lot of uh, heavy breathing. It is. Like, can I mean, I, the guy, how about pick a quarter and just sit? Just sit for the quarter. <laughs> I don't care. First quarter, third quarter. Just sit down. You got a bunch of professionals out there. You got Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson. You chill out. You know, let Ryan Saunders make some calls from the bench or something, right? Just sit down and stop lurking and has he prancing. Sat, has, have you ever seen him since he got the job here? Have uh, Have you ever seen him sit for a no. second during a during the course of action? No, I have not either. Not even for like, oh, it's a timeout. I'm gonna. Well, I guess during timeouts he'd be drawing up plays, but like not even. Okay, we're up by thirty. Exactly. I can yes. probably sit down now, or we're down by thirty. I can probably sit down and just stew. Never seen him sit. In fact, that's the thing that would annoy me the most if I was a player. If it was a 30-point game or 20-point game with 30 seconds to go, and this clown is barking out, switch, switch. Dude, we're fine. The game <gasps> is over. Just relax. You guys watch any SNL recently? I have not this oh, year. Off and on. Yeah, I mean, it's the updates are funny. It's, yeah. They, I haven't watched uh, watched regularly in a long time. You see every once in a while a skit that, uh, that hit the mark, and... They had a very good one this past weekend. Chance the Rapper was the host, if you're familiar with his work. And they did a little bit where it was MSG, and uh, the uh, the guy who normally covers the Rangers games was out on paternity leave. So Dale and Chrissy back in the studio sent it down to Laszlo Holmes, as played by Chance the Rapper, their normal guy covering Knicks games. Well, he was on New York Rangers duty. Oh, my God. We go to it. Laz, what's your impression of the game so far? Well, Dale, uh, the story of the game is one of the main guys on the Rangers don't know how to say his name. It has like 30 letters in it. None of them are vowels. Uh, He's playing great, which is crazy because he got in a full fist fight in the first minute of the game. Uh, But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Uh, I miss the Knicks. I'm just kidding. Uh, Laszlo Holmes, very cold, rinkside. Rangers versus Oilers. Now, Laz, I want to talk about this Ranger offense. You should do that. (laughs) I meant with you, Laz. Now, they came out of the box with an aggressive offense we haven't seen from them in a while. That's what's up. (laughs) From down there on the ice, who do you think really made a difference in the first period? Definitely the hockey players, Chrissy. Uh, (laughs) They were the ones who got all the scores. Uh, and then you got the goalie wearing every pad in the world uh, and baseball gloves. He's working very hard, too. It is so cold. Hey, hey Laz, I see one of the players there. I wonder if you could get a few questions in. Great. Uh, let's talk to him. Come on over here, dude. Okay, I'm here with... Can you turn around so I can get a name? <laughs> yes, that is a S, a K, and a J all next to each other, so that's a nope. Brady uh, <laughs> Shea. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> well, that's okay. That was really good. Uh, it's like a whole five minute thing. I put it up, uh, the, the link to it, stuff you should know about, Paige, if you want to watch the whole thing. It's very much worth your time. Oh, that's, that's pretty great. good stuff. Uh, Mackie and Judd. Let's do that hockey. <laughs> so cold out. Uh, I want to talk about the offense. You go ahead and do that. <laughs> <laughs> Mackie and Judd, uh, Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com in about a half hour. Superstar Mike Morris. Vikings in first place. Eight and two rolling. Phil Mackie. He's not a drama queen. He's a dummy. <laughs>
Judd Zolgad. He's already ruined the Vikings. He's going to ruin the Wild. He needs to stay away from Target Center. Stay away from the Wolves. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Iconic Marvel superheroes and supervillains from different eras and realities converge in a cosmic battle across the Marvel Universe and Lego Marvel Superheroes 2. This all-new epic adventure is packed with signature Lego humor and introduces new features and an incredibly large open world for players to roam and explore. Lego Marvel Superheroes 2 available now on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. And head to the 1500 ESPN stream player right now for details on how you can win your very own PS4 copy. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, proud sponsor of the beer show. the green and gold post game show and we start out with simply one question gary what the hell was that uh that sucked yeah 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 go, Pat, go. <laughs> shut up for the first time since when when was that 2006 uh what did i tell you yeah i think that's right Favre came yes because Favre it was a 35 nothing loss to the patriots yeah and uh Favre came out and it was 2006 I got some hot fire. I think that this is the most opportune time where we could possibly get a guy like Josh McDaniels. He started off in Denver 6-0 and as a head coach. And, you know, things kind of fell apart there with the whole Tim Tebow thing. That wasn't a smart move. He shouldn't give get any, you know, um, decision-making abilities when it comes to the general manager. And I think that Aaron has a really strong relationship with Tom Brady, so he would be on board with it. I actually don't hate that idea. Replacing Mike McCarthy with Josh McDaniels? Uh, Josh McDaniels. I don't. I don't. I don't hate that idea. But it is funny to hear the Packers and uh, and but, their fans panicking for the first time in a while. But guys like McCarthy and Thompson, they don't grow on trees, right? Go, Pat, go! I'm not a believer in Joe Callahan, but the Packers need to go to him because I am not a believer in Hundley. We don't need to let him make mistakes because he's not the quarterback of the future. That's my bad. I played the wrong one. Let's try this one. All right. Guys like Mike McCarthy don't grow on trees. No, they don't. Guys like Ted Thompson don't grow on trees. They just don't. You guys are spoiled. You guys are lucky to have these guys uh, as your coach and as your general manager. Like, that's that's an amazingly bad take because – Yes. You're you're watching what this organization looks like, what they've built around Aaron Rodgers, now that Rodgers is not part of it, and you're getting blanked 23 rip at home by the mediocre Ravens. Like it's it's uh, <laughs> like what do what do they think Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy have done? Have he, created Aaron Rodgers from from oh, dust? No, 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 no. He he is clearly friends with uh, with Ted and Mike, and because I mean, yes. Here's the thing. The Green Bay Packers got incredibly, incredibly lucky when Rodgers fell to them at, what, 24 in the first round in 2005. And that's made them. And good for them. You know what? They stopped his free fall. They took him. But to now go back and insinuate, well, we also cannot. We can't fire the head coach, and we certainly can't fire the GM. Honest to God, post 
Super Bowl. Because I will give Ted credit for, Ted did a really good job for a while, I think. I think he did. He got some good draft picks. He moved He moved picks around and got some guys late. But in the last, what, six years now, Phil, what has he done where you said, oh, that's a really good move? Like, is there anything he's done? Oh, I thought adding Martellus Bennett to the roster as another weapon was a great move. Oh, that one. How about Martellus Bennett forced his way out of town? I'm not looking to see anybody get fired as far as the coaching staff, but one thing I would say, I would hope that Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy eat a good helping of humble pie because they have been very, very arrogant from my perspective when anybody in the press has questioned what they're doing. And, in fact, it doesn't seem to me that Ted Thompson even bothers to answer people. Plenty of people on hold. Let's start out by going right away. Dan in Racine. Dan, welcome to the program. What's going on? Hello, Dan. Dan once. Dan twice. He gone. Go, Pat, go! One too many drinks for Dan. <laughs> Dan's, Dan's just passed out in the corner. One too many. His Miller phone lights. is on. <laughs> and, and just so you know, plenty of people on hold. I believe there was about 30 minutes left of show after that, and I don't think they took another call. Okay. They may have been fibbing about plenty on hold. Poor Dan. It's just Dan, Dan, Dan is pumped full of nine gallons of Miller Lite. You can't blame him after that. Go, Pat, go! Steve, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Or, hey, Bill. I'm, I'm a You're Steve. on the way. I, there you go. I am Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I am Steve. That's right. I forgot I was Steve for a second. What would like if if we just played these for for two hours and yeah. took some commercial breaks because you know we have to pay bills. If we just did this up until Garage Logic at one o'clock, is that enough? Like and maybe we'll sprinkle in some Viking celebratory highlights. No, don't worry about it. Just don't even do that. Just tap dance oh, I think on the it Packers. Would definitely break. work for a while. Yeah. In it's... fact, here poll question. Let's post this. What gives you more joy as a Vikings fan? The eight and two start. Or the hilarious Packers misery. Just two options. All right. Yep. The eight and two Vikings start or the hilarious Packers, Packers misery. misery. I can't believe this is happening to us. We've had a quarterback for 30 years. Yeah. I can't believe how unlucky we are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th- this just, it's not fair. I mean, we've had two quarterbacks since 1992. God, they, and, me, and, like, and meanwhile, we're used to this. Yes. Joe and, Callahan. Yeah, go ahead and start him. And it's not like you know, the Vikings are are maybe the best team. Let's call them the second best team in the NFC until they prove it against the Eagles. And they're doing it with a career backup. Mm-hmm. They're not. It ain't like Aaron Rodgers fell in their lap or you know Brett Favre which came is, back again. They're doing it with a which, career backup, which is actually the the Packer call I want to hear because it's got to exist or it will soon. But praising the why, Vikings? No. For, why didn't we sign Case Keenum? I want to hear that call. That would be a classic drunk Packer fan why take, that they the- look at the Vikings and think, oh my God, why didn't we sign Case Keenum? Not, why didn't we find Harrison Smith, Xavier no, Rhodes, Lindell Joseph, Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter? Why didn't Ted find Case Keenum? Because then we'd be just like the Vikings this yeah. year. Uh, football observations when we come back. Courtney Cronin, Vikings beat writer, ESPN.com. In 20 minutes, Mackie and Judd.